3: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, Where has he gone? When When will he return? return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now. Now! The OG of Jets Podcasting and Vlogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year. With Brian Bassett.
2: I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And
1: his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton.
3: Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella.
1: And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother. Testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome
5: back to There's Always Next Year. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me are two extremely jubilant Jets fans, Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who's teaching classes. We call him Professor. He's teaching classes at GW. You can ask him about that later. He is on Twitter at dash 37board27. Gentlemen, this is the most next year time of the year. <laughs> it's time for a motherfucking dance party. Let's go. Oh, my God. The Jets lost to the Raiders, and they really tried, guys. They really tried to ruin what was going to be an amazing Sunday for us. Travis, (laughs) you were the most radio silent on this process. Take us through your psyche and what alcohol you were imbibing through the process we need we need both of those things off the top go it's it's worth noting travel just lit up a heater
4: as brian
6: asked him <laughs>
2: that question
4: <laughs> see smoking. this is why video is good sometimes when we do this <laughs> um so it's almost like a play-by-play schedule so game starts it's one o'clock game we don't open the restaurant till three so typically i've got that as downtime i'll show up early i'll prep I prepped myself a, a lovely white wine spritzer, which I also did in my class today. So- uh, Where are you
5: teaching? You said you're teaching at GW, is that-
4: GW George- in right. Georgetown. It's a class right. on food culture and wine culture. And they asked me to do a, a demo on a cocktail that you could do for wine, which was very advantageous leading into this podcast because <laughs> I got to make something to drink while we talk. GW, <laughs> I- I believe that's Greg Williams University. It's,
6: Greg Williams it's, University. It's the <laughs> premier, tanking, premier tanking school of, of the United States.
5: That's right. It's, it's the premier school where you learn in a four-year degree program how to play needlessly reckless football in meaningless games, working on failed coups behind the scenes as you then Lastly, give a middle finger to your arranged marriage husband, Adam Gase. And it's that's a four-year program, guys. That is that is a lot of, that's 120 credits worth of just pure goodness in that so GW program. I see it
4: more as like a, a theatrical kind of school because like at the end of that game, I pictured <laughs> it was Joe Douglas as the director coming up. In the, that's a series rap on Greg Williams, everybody.
2: <laughs> everybody give it up for Greg Williams. Everybody,
4: yeah. thank you, Greg. Series rap
5: at greg williams university there's a whole it's a year-long lab course that it's so a two-part 101 102 that is purely about like props so like wearing fake glasses (laughs) and like dyeing your beard and getting frosted tips and what about
4: burner accounts is burner accounts a thing on that i
5: think yeah burner accounts is is covered in the second there's a community
6: there's a communications course called cut off the head and the snake dies
5: I thought it was called Wyatt, Wyatt 101.
6: Oh, it could be Wyatt
5: 101. (laughs) Uh, I believe that was
6: the Twitter handle as well, at Wyatt 101.
5: So as the day unloads, okay, fast forward through all your, you know, crafting of your cocktails and shaving nutmeg into your cocktail or whatever. Talk to me about the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. That's what I want to know. And then I need to hear the same from Josh.
4: So it's hilarious. Most of my regulars know that on Sunday I have my computer at my expediter station, which is in the middle of the restaurant. Like the I I played food in the middle of the restaurant. So
5: unsanitary. So unsanitary.
4: No, it's it's completely sanitary. (laughs) Like it is perfect. People bring me everything. I played it. It's no different than a normal restaurant.
5: Okay.
4: Uh, but I've got my computer sitting there the whole time, and I will legitimately call to tables and say, hey. If they're a regular, I'm going to be a minute. Something just happened. And they will come back and stand at the <laughs> better station with me, masks on, and, and watch what just happened and why I'm uh, not putting their, their table up. And uh, so that good. was literally what happened at the end of the game. I had some regulars in here that are Green Bay fans, and they, they came in to watch the Green Bay game at 4, and uh, they were asking how the Jets were doing. And I was like, man, we screwed up the tank. We're going to win. And they were all standing back there with their beers in hand. And I texted both you guys and I was like, shit, like we're we're screwed. (laughs) And then all of a sudden comes Mr. Williams calling a a, Uh, uh, all all out blitz, blitz.
5: zero cover blitz, which is insane because the last three throws that Derek Carr had thrown were like, (laughs) 15 yards over the head of the receiver or gro- grossly underthrown. Instead of like back shoulder passes, there they were like one... front shoulder passes or whatever. They oh. were just one called back touchdown. Yes.
4: But outside of that, they were all dog shit. They were all dog shit throws. Oh, so bad. And that happens. And I immediately just turned around, did a little like fist bump to myself <laughs> and just started putting up food. Cause I was like, okay, everything's finally It's safe. It's safe. We're fine. Safe. And it's then fine. I can then I get texts from Josh saying, Travis, it's fine. We lost. Travis, it's fine.
5: <laughs> and then you were like, Okay, okay, the Jets have lost. All is well. We're safe. Like think things are good. Oh. Now let me get you your pork belly with a tonkatsu broth.
4: No, actually, I went outside and I did, but I don't know if you remember, there's a little dance that Willie Mays Hayes does in uh, the first the first major, major league, league. after, yes. yeah, after he goes out back and he makes the team, he realized oh, he had yeah. to get cut. That's what I did. I walked outside the restaurant and I did legitimately the Willie Mays Hayes dance and then he came back in and started <laughs> playing. Food.
5: That's amazing. I, I oh. almost pictured you walking across the football field, arms raised, like at the end of a breakfast club, but I will take a Willie Mays Hayes dance that works equally. Josh. This is, this is a seminal moment in all of our lives that we will never forget till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Josh, tell me about your experience. How was yeah, it? Yeah, th-
6: there was a sacrificial sweatshirt involved. And so what? I <laughs> was. <laughs> Sac- I, I am laying on my couch. I've got, so we have twin toddler boys is mostly, and I, I have both of them in the room with me. My wife was out grocery shopping and I decided I'm going to you know, throw the game on for all of us. We're going to watch this together and so we're watching the game and i'm texting you guys texting some other buddies the they the, the jets score to go up and i'm thinking man there's probably two two more drives for the raiders here the the zero zero cover all out monster blitz from greg the greg the legend the greg the hero that we don't deserve williams and oh. the t- the touchdown falls in Ruggs' hands and i have got my boy in my arms and i'm just celebratory yes like i'm no! cheering
2: So excited.
6: And then I'm thinking it's over. I just go to my phone. I don't really realize there's a couple seconds left. And so the last final, he from Sam Darnold falls flat in the end zone. The Jets have lost. The perfect non-perfect season is still intact. Still intact. And as I'm laying on the couch with my son, literally in my arms, just pumped. And I'm like, man, I feel really warm. This is good. And then I went, I feel really warm and... (laughs) I feel really warm and wet for me. I look down and I will tweet this out when the show drops on Twitter. Yeah, my yes, boy please. whizzed all over my sweatshirt <laughs> and it was by far the most cathartic moment I've had <laughs> that in my entire life
5: now here's the question: was this through the the fabric he was wearing, or was there? Was there a was
6: full of items yeah there was a venting of sorts and <laughs> then there was a expressing of liquid directly onto my sweatshirt through to my t-shirt hit a couple throw pillows it was a whole cleanup process and wow. I've never been happier and prouder of my son than I was in that
4: moment
5: <laughs> oh so
2: yeah
4: uh, that's amazing. Peed right all that's over amazing. me. right all
5: over yes yeah you texted us that and you were like it was like the most cathartic. Something like that. It was so good. So my moment was I was watching the game. I was pirating the NFL stream as I am wont to do. And I was extolling the virtues of of pirating NFL videos and saying, we've got this brand new, beautiful TV, 4K TV. And I'm like, God, look at the picture. It looks so good. We're watching the game. The Jets are, they're in it, they're ahead. And I'm like, God, it's it's all right. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. And then of course, the, the Raiders battle back. They go ahead. Darren Waller's standing on his head all game and then that that ty johnson touchdown and i was like oh my god like th- now i'm put in the position where i need to i need to hope and trust in mike mayock john gruden and Derek fucking <laughs> car to make my dreams come true and, and i was like nelson
4: algalore potentially
5: yes mr right and thank mike you.
4: Lennon, like on the jaguar side
5: Yes. Yes. Right. You, yeah, we had that out, but I was like, I can't rely on that out. This is it's they are tanking even harder than the jets are here. And so I'm watching the game. Our kids are at the grandparents' house for a day or two, which has been great. So it's just me and my wife in the house. The kids are normally they'd be watching or complaining that I'm watching football or something, or my son would be watching with me or whatever. But you know, that Derek Carter, Henry Ruggs play happens. And I was on the couch watching. I literally stood up. I was jumping around the living room, screaming so loud, clapping my hands. And my wife was just on the other end of the couch, just looking at me like, are you for fucking real? What is your deal? And uh, and so it was just the best moment. I was like, this is so classic. I can't believe that this is what it's come down to. But thank you, Greg Williams. Thank you for calling a zero coverage blitz. Thank you we're dying for the sins of jets fans you are the (laughs) martyr you are the hero that this jets fandom needs even if we don't deserve you and now for that you have been put to rest do not go gentle into that good night sir (laughs) greg williams yeah like that's the thing is like he was actually competent coaching and the team was rallying around him so that's going to be a whole other set of questions but it was interesting to watch today gentlemen as the papers started uh, playing out, and Mark Canizaro for the New York Post is, you know, shaming Greg Williams for here's some of his quote. Let me pull it up. He basically said, "This is all before he, that." He said he should resign. He said no one associated with the Jets was more responsible for the gut wrenching 31 to 28 loss to the Raiders in the final second Sunday at MetLife Stadium than their defensive coordinator. No one, and I agree, no one. Is maybe more responsible for this than Greg Williams because he let that happen. That's the worst situation on a 45 to uh 45 yard play that you would put people in zero coverage. But at the same time, so we're gonna look past all the sins that have happened before this. We're going to look past all the things that Adam Gase and Sam Darnold's up and down play and whatever. And and we're going to shame Greg Williams for basically saying, I'm going to go out on my own terms. And that's probably the last play he'll ever call in the NFL. I don't know how at this point he gets anything more than like a secondary coaching job. And he's not going to take that. I think he's run his course. If you can't make it work, with the Jets. If you can't keep your job with a team that's this bad, like who's going to hire you at this point? I'm curious what your reaction Josh is on this whole idea about that this is Greg Williams fault or he's somehow like others are to blame for this and that he's the only he's the most to blame for this and I'm confounded by the whole notion. What is your thoughts or reactions?
6: Yeah, on? I did a a quick run through on Twitter to get a sense of just the Greg Williams reaction, literally in the hour after the game yesterday. Um, And ran across a number of tweets, and I'd love to actually see the info on this, but this is a pretty common thing in Greg Williams' career. it's calling a lot of all-out, zero-coverage blitzes in long Hail Mary situations to put pressure on the quarterback, potentially not let the guy get his set feed, roll out wide, and, and set his feet and toss it 60 yards. And so I'd love to see a little bit more information on that piece of it. Lamar Jackson, obviously reacting to the double move from Henry Ruggs is man. He's just going to try to blow the top off. Cause if they get a 50 yard completion to the middle of the 30 yard completion to the middle of the field off that first move, you're going to win the game. Like they're not going to have another chance to even get up there and spike it. And you have to feel like no matter what, what the receiver is doing, you got to feel like I just got to keep this guy in front, which feels like backyard football ease. Mm But I, Greg Williams is an aggressive defensive coordinator. He always has been. And so if you're going to blame him for being aggressive, it's been, why did you hire him? Like, right. he's going to do stuff like this. You have 20 years of tape on the guy, knowing that he's going to be aggressive in all these situations. And I would spin that and say, no one else deserves the blame. I'm saying no one else deserves the credit. The man had the guts to do what no one else in the coaching staff has been which is Fuck to yeah. outrightly outrightly, just go, we're losing this game one way or another right. so that the future of the franchise goes forward. Like when Trevor Lawrence wins an MVP as a New York Jet four years from now, mm-hmm. I want him first and foremost to thank Greg Williams for this very play that allowed him, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Douglas should be thanking him. Every single person affiliated with the Jets should be thanking Greg Williams today um, for his gutsy performance and calling Absolutely. him out of that zero coverage. Can,
4: can we make a thank you for being a friend, Greg Williams shirt? Ooh. oh my Brilliant.
5: Yeah, you just blew my mind yep oh man <laughs> we could we could make that a crowdfund me kind of situation where it's like all proceeds go to greg williams uh frosted tip uh Relief frosted fund. fund
4: or or, yeah. or, or yeah, visor new, fund. new visors new visors yeah. I, I i will <laughs> tell you since greg did that like i now feel like i can start trusting people with visors
5: <laughs> wow. That's a big breakthrough. That's a big it breakthrough is. for it you. Is. It is.
4: I got to talk to my therapist, but yeah. I think Yeah, I, say,
5: I want you to address that this week. I, w- I want you to make sure you bring that up this week. Yes, it was just the most ludicrous scenario and I had lost all hope. And I was like, you're kidding me. Okay, so it's a Justin Fields situation. And the thing to me that was so amazing about this is Henry Ruggs is probably the worst receiver taken in the first yeah. T- at least two rounds. Maybe Jalen Rager. I don't know. But there, he is, he was the first receiver taken in the draft and they left people on the board that are exploding this year, like Justin Jefferson and and Lamb and Judy and like all these players, like they just said, no, no, this is the guy we want this five foot, nothing, 160 pound, nothing who runs really fast. Like I get it. He runs really fast. Like he's the guy that we want. And I was like trashing him at the beginning of the game And then, of course, as life does, it comes full circle and right back to, yes, it was Henry Ruggs who saved us. And so I will always be thankful to Henry Ruggs and his five foot nothing, four, three speed. So thank you, Henry Ruggs. Okay. I have a question for you. Let's keep in mind, I don't think people have really been discussing this, but Greg Williams, who chose Greg Williams for this staff? Pop quiz, Travis, who? Who? christopher johnson correct christopher johnson chose greg williams
4: because that was the whole thing with rule like he wanted greg williams as the defensive coordinator and rule was like absolutely not i'm picking my own people
5: so my question is what is the outworking of that fact josh what does that mean between adam Gase and chris johnson it
6: meant that th- there was no other scenario than Greg Williams at some point being the fall guy he's the Chris Carter fall guy for the mm-hmm. team this year, and it is heartbreaking for me the outworking here is I just like it actually it makes me somehow I don't know where in the reserves of my trust body that I had maybe one percent potential trust in chris johnson left but this was the last one this was the very last drop of any possible semblance of the ability to hire a coaching staff to have a a comprehensive process lead to a good outcome the outworking here is only that chris johnson and adam Gase are secretly just trying to dismantle the
5: entire organization in the span of four seasons this is incredible Truly amazing. But the, the big question that I then have is, so if this was his choice, like there's two ways that this could go. Number one, Adam Gase and Chris Johnson are irreparably sundered, right? And because he took out his darling, this guy, Greg Williams, who he wanted to hire, wanted didn't want to be the head coach, but wanted him to be the DC. And Gase agreed to that. So either he's broken faith with Chris Johnson Or Chris and Adam have cooked this up together. Like they talked about it and cooked it up and Chris agreed with this move, which then that to me is that's even scarier because then what does that mean in terms of next season? Like I know there are people that are running around on Twitter and they are worried about this means that Adam Gase stays the head coach for this team. There's a more than a 0% chance of that happening. That said, I also just think it's more likely that this is just a mess and Chris Johnson and Woody Johnson will find somebody else to coach this team. There's
6: like the Greg Williams of, all right, we're okay and I'll do my job and stay quiet. And then there's just, we're going to, we're going to mount a mutiny. And so this felt yesterday just felt like, I don't care if I can do this and it gets fired. Maybe I'm a head coach for a couple of weeks and can pad my stuff, do my Greg Williams thing again. And you I, there's no scenario in my mind where Greg Williams was not going to be the fall guy. No matter. I don't think that points to Gage staying at all, but I do think that between Ruprecht and crazy eyes killer, Sorry, yeah. that there, Rupert, was, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. there was no way uh, that Adam was going to get fired at any point this season, but to look like they're doing something and shake it up, they were waiting for the opportune moment to take out Greg Williams. And this just happened to be it.
4: The, there's another structural issue like the, at play here. With Gase, like with Gace and Williams, Gase hired Williams to do the defense specifically. Was he going to veto that? Did he? Does he have that ability? Did he give himself that ability? He's I the feel head like coach. Any head coach could have been. Yeah, hey, I don't that play.
5: That's the whole and, and thing Gase about did whole not thing. call in and say that's
4: fucking stupid.
5: That's the thing to me. The whole thing that people are missing with this Greg Williams situation is. Adam Gase is still on the headset. He can hear the plays going through to the linebacker who's ever calling the plays, Marcus May, whoever's calling the plays for the defense. He could say they had a timeout there, as I recall, I think. He could have said, timeout, shut it down. We're not doing zero coverage. Are you stupid? Call a cover two situation or whatever. Get out there and I'll fire you tomorrow. But today, this is a cover two. Like, you're an idiot. He could have done that. He didn't do that. Because why? Because he's Adam Gase. Because number one, he doesn't care about the defense. He would rather outsource it and just basically bear no responsibility. And also, he obviously doesn't understand defenses. And he doesn't understand (laughs) defense because if he heard it, that's exactly right. Then he would have said, no, we can't do that. And so he might as well put Doel Logan's over our Pat Oswald impersonator, might as well put him in as defensive coordinator. I don't know that they've named anything. I haven't been on Twitter in a couple Frank of Frank Bush,
4: Frank Bush is taking it's, over for DC. Okay.
5: That was yep. my thought is because he's the assistant. Because he's head a dolphin carryover. He's a guy who has some history there. He's been a defensive coordinator really only one time with the Houston Texans in 2010. So that was before like the J.J. Watt era of the Houston Texans, but they were a terrible team. So my one worry here, gentlemen, is Frank Bush somehow rallies the clans, gets everybody together, and this defense just goes bonkers the last four games of the season. Um, I don't think it's set up to do that at all. I don't think so either, but they somehow catch a win against Cleveland or New England or something like that. New England. One
6: yeah. one last little piece here just to put a bow on the conversation of just the play and, and all the, the fallout since then. So Michael Silver has a little thread on Twitter where he's talking about, he reported last night on NFL Network that Raiders coaching staff and players were not surprised um, when the Jets lined up with the, the all-out blitz. Because <laughs> you, you'll notice if you go back and I guess watch that Waller, checks into protection he's, he's just there to chip chip one of the defensive ends. And then he's also reporting here. The only person caught off guard was Adam Gase never imagined that Williams was going to make a call leaving the back end. So vulnerable. And so when, when he was in a discussion with another coach, when he heard zero over his headset turned around, and was shocked and the Raiders were snapping the ball. So that could just be Gase That's, doing what Gase does, which is yeah, faking it.
5: Uh, absolutely.
6: But like, even the fact here that Neville Hewitt doesn't check out of it, no one checks out of the play. And so it just feels like, Hey, Gray's going to call a play and that's going to be on him. No one's going to stop him.
5: We'll say this, this is what happened now. I don't know. I don't have the sideline coverage. I'll go check and see if I can look at any of the different coverages that I get on rewind and I'll post up what I see on, on Twitter, but this is the game, man. What are you doing talking to other coaches if this really matters to you and you're this like tragic hero in this situation and then cover zero, no time slows down and he doesn't have time to get the right play in or call timeout. You mm-hmm. missed your chance. Go ahead. Fire <laughs> the guy. Fine. Whatever. But ultimately that's on you. That's not if on anybody else. If one of my cooks Own brings it. me a piece of cardboard that they grilled instead of a steak
4: because they're an idiot and I, I let it go to a table That's on me. That's not on the freaking the the dumbass that grilled a piece of cardboard.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment.
3: play like a jet play like a jet
2: hey guys sorry to interrupt for a second just wanted to say first of all thank you for listening to there's always next year and i wanted to remind you that when travis sometimes has a little too much wine he might slip and hurt himself and that's bad But it's not as bad as when somebody else causes it, because whenever you're injured due to somebody else's negligence, it can be a life-changing event. And when that happens, you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure you receive full compensation for your injuries. You want to be able to call your legal team whenever you want. You don't want your file to be on a shelf with hundreds of others, and you don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. Here's what you do want. The legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi. They give every client their personal cell phone number to call 24-7. They limit the number of clients they represent at one time so that they can give you ample personal attention. They've got a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court. And most importantly, they have a long track record of winning. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. All right, Brian, sorry about that. The floor is yours, sir.
5: So here's the big question guys, because I'm such a big MCU fan. So here's my big question for you. Travis, while that game was like falling apart at the end there, were you just seeing this image of Trevor Lawrence's face and like (laughs) Adam Gase just like snapping his fingers with his infinity gauntlet and just like it dissolving away. And you being like, no, Trevor. Was I was more like
4: Star Wars episode three there at the end where you know what the outcome's going to be and you feel like it's going to happen, but there's just all these things being thrown at you where you're like, I know Anakin's going to become Darth Vader. I know it's going right. to happen, but there's these things that keep throwing in. It's like, no, Obi-Wan's going to save it in the end. But you know what? Obi-Wan was Greg Williams. Obi-Wan was the one that said, <laughs> no, nah, fuck you. I'm just going to let you burn. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and go into exile, which is... You were the chosen one! (laughs) Yes. That's what it felt like to me.
5: Yeah. You were the chosen one, Adam Gase. How dare you? Oh, man. All right. Hey, let's say this about Adam Gase. Even if he wasn't paying attention to the play call at the final crucial moments of the win that he needed so badly to keep this job, guys, congrats to Adam Gase for his First hundred yard rusher after only yeah. twenty eight games as a head coach, of the New Ty Johnson. Yes, <laughs> what the Ty fuck? Johnson. Hyper and then Josh Adams, freaking
4: like with seventy yards.
5: <laughs> wasn't Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't Frank Gore. It wasn't Lamichael Pirine. It was not Lamichael Pirine. It was not Bilal Powell. It was none of those guys. It was Ty Johnson. That's the guy who who gets it. Here's you want to hear something super ironic. If you go to playerprofiler.com, it's one of my favorite sites to do player comps. Yep, And you type in Ty Johnson, not Tyler Johnson, type in Ty Johnson. The closest comparable player to oh, Ty no. Johnson is? Sean Green. Yeah, you wish. Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Kenyon Drake is the closest Whoa. comparable. What?
6: Kenyon what Drake. What position does he God. have Adam
5: Gase? Because they, here's what it is. They have the speed. They're sub 220 in terms of weight. And so they have that – they're not a full-on Ezekiel Elliott, but they're fast, but they just don't have that same BMI. So his closest comp is Kenyon Drake, which is and ironic to me.
4: me. I, I still got to give that to the O-line. Their, their run blocking yes. was great.
5: Yes. Becker Even had a chip game in pass protection, yeah. but, like,
4: the run blocking was phenomenal all game long.
5: Yeah. It, it, what was it something is it like him and elf Lane working better together or what's that what's unlocking there
4: no he was actually like I haven't done the breakdown on this but like a lot of what I saw he was running towards Beckton for the first time ever so okay. the same with Adams like they were all running to the left and I don't know what kind of switch flipped in somebody's brain that said oh shit those guys are actually good uh the guys on the right are not yeah, great never um, never good maybe we should run behind them. And like I said, Becton's pass protection—he gave up the two sacks that that gave up the two fumbles on Darnold's part. But run blocking, man—they were great all day
0: long.
5: I can't fault anyone on the line. What is it that's taken him this long to get his first hundred-yard rusher? Is it just he's completely inept? Is it the fact that? It's
4: complete that... hubris. Okay. It's, and see. Okay,
5: go ahead. It's go it's him
4: track. looking and going you know what? Everyone expects me to run to the left side. Everyone expects me to run behind Becton. So I'm going to do the other way. That would be great if someone was competent on the right side. Good you got, you got, What are you doing? Gotta, You're outsmarting yourself.
6: you got to remember he's coaching to where offenses are going,
4: not where they are. Oh so, my, I will tell you thanks, once. For, I will tell thanks, you Wayne, thanks, Wayne Gretzky. Good job. Have, good job, Wayne I Gretzky. I have never seen a coach so good that he could outcoach himself, and that's what he does. They're in front of him so often, and he talks himself out of it. I swear to God. I'm going to see,
5: see your Adam Gase. I'm going to see your Adam Gase. I'm going to raise you a Brian Schottenheimer. And, like those no. two. I swear to God, um, if we could have those two together, like on a team
4: oh, uh, on hey. the Jets, <laughs> end, it would be historically horrendous. What's
6: the highest level team that you would trust those two to run? Would it be a Pop Warner team? Would you trust oh those two gosh. to run offenses for Pee Wee for right. high school? I'm
4: gonna go with what? that team that was on that 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 movie, Unnecessary Roughness, the Texas <laughs> Armadillos. I guess they could
6: have
5: coached in the longest yard. They would let them coach
6: yeah. prisoners.
4: Yeah, maybe California. What is it Field called? League?
5: What is it called in outer space when a black hole cre- like collides with another black hole? Because whatever that is, that's what Adam Gase and and Brian Schottenheimer would be together. It would be amazing. I would pay money to see that train wreck. Wow, that would be so good. <laughs> But the thing about – so you talk about the hubris, and I agree. I think Adam Gase has no idea how to utilize running backs. We have talked about this for two years. We've talked about his inability back to his days when he was coming in. We have talked about the fact that uh, he did not know how to use his guys in Miami. Kenyon Drake is a great example. Yep. He's, Kenyon Drake is not – Ezekiel Elliott or any of these Saquon Barkley, but he's a decent back and he's doing well, decently well in Cliff Kingsbury's offense in Arizona. And so the irony of the whole situation is Adam Gase, if you can go back and look at his whole history, but like he booted Ajay out of town. He had Kenyon Drake. He barely used him. And then who did he overlook Kenyon Drake for? Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Right? You remember Frank Gore? Yeah, he used him. Now, Frank Gore had some games against the Jets, as I recall, and embarrassed them. But... And I get...
4: I God, I don't know if you remember, like, I went on I, a tirade. Yes. Because, he, because that one game, yeah. he surpassed Curtis Martin as the number four rusher, right. and I was so pissed.
5: Mm-hmm. Still yes. pissed. So he has an affinity for these players. I'm not saying Frank Gore. God bless him for doing what he's doing at the age he's doing it. But... He just does not know, understand how to use players. He likes these kind of smaller, not 220 weight players, Tevin Coleman types who just can hit the hole hard, but they can't turn, or he likes these Frank Gore types. So it's at the end of their career. So I don't understand it, but he has just misused that position. And that's to me a microcosm for all the ways in which he misuses a team. I don't know. Any more thoughts about Adam Gase and his use or misuse of running backs, or the fact that it's taken him this long to get to? I was going to say
4: that was like the highlight of the game for me. Like I, I love seeing the team do good and lose right now. But I love seeing you guys know me like I'm O line all the way. Mm -hmm. But I love seeing the offensive line play well, especially in run blocking, and seeing somebody do something and seeing (laughs) freaking Ty Johnson and Josh Adams almost account for 200 yards between the two of them was pretty freaking awesome. And it was, it speaks to the left side of our line. And the fact that I feel if we just, if we can shore up the left side, and again, I don't like Connor McGovern. He's played like dog shit most of the year. Mm. I was stoked about the signing. I was wrong, but I feel like our offensive line work that we've got to do is less than I expected. And that's a testament to Joe Douglas. Mm.
5: Yeah, you gotta like what Douglas is doing here. I think you you look at some of the pieces now. Leonard Williams is having himself a heck of a season across town, but that's that's water under the bridge at this point. But Quinn Williams is come on over the last couple months. He's having a good year. So you've got one player on defensive line who has promise. You've got some players in the secondary that have promise. Marcus May. This guy is got. That, that's one of the things I should have said at the top of the show, and I didn't. So I apologize. Thoughts and prayers to our Jets players. Make it home safe. We love you. Thank you for your service. But but at the end of the day, yeah, we got to keep this tank rolling. And but there are still some pieces that you like seeing, and Becton is one on the offense. We talked about Mims. there are pieces here, and so while everybody is having fun dunking on the Jets, right? Essentially, it's just been a dunk fest like for the Jets and fans, NFL fans. And we get it, we're a laughingstock and there's a freedom in that. At the same time, people are starting to think, wow, they get five picks in the first three rounds. Ooh, yeah. they've got a premier left tackle. Ooh, they've got an interesting rookie wide receiver. Hey, they've got a good defensive lineman in Quinton Williams out of Alabama. They, this team's like got a little something going for it. So... What do we hear, gentlemen? But we hear the news that uh, the former Pittsburgh Steeler head coach and CBS studio analyst Bill Cower is sniffing around the New York Jets. As I read from apparently the morning show. So Boomer Esiason says this morning, Boomer seems to be hinting that Bill Cower seems to be interested in coaching again. He also seems to be saying that Cower thinks the Jets job is the best job out there, dot, interesting. This is on their Twitter account. And then Boomer has also noted that Bill Cowher's wife, this is his former wife died from cancer tragically 10 years ago. He's been remarried. That Bill Cowher's wife is a huge Jets fan, dot, dot, dot. So what do we think, gentlemen? Listen. Bill Cowher to the New York Jets? I, like, it's
6: such a non-story to me. And like the frustrating part is, oh, he's interested. It's, yeah, Any anyone... I, I'm sure somewhere, may he rest in peace. I think Rich Kotite would be interested in this job. <laughs> like, like, hey, look, the the team with eighty million dollars in cap room and two of the top twenty-five picks and a foundational defensive lineman and offensive lineman is looking for a head coach. I'm pretty sure Greg Williams is interested in that job as well. Like, it's just not going to happen. There's no way. There's just no way that they would entertain Cower. Maybe fast forward six months and they hire him and I look like an idiot and feel terrible, but there's
5: no actual way. Just to be clear, Richard Edward Kotite, is currently seventy eight years old. I do not believe oh, wow. he has expired. He is still wearing that grave. amazing. He is still wearing that amazing starter jacket, though.
4: I feel like Josh just had that moment where on Always Sunny, where uh, Charlie's drunk <laughs> and he thinks Wade Boggs is dead, and Wade Boggs. is No, I'm still alive, man. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm living in Tampa. <laughs>
3: Oh, it's exactly <laughs> what happened as
4: I was talking. I'm like,
6: is he alive or is he dead? Uh, I'm going to uh, take a shot and say he's no longer with us.
5: Yeah, it Doesn't matter. Yeah. Bill Cowell's no not going to hold it, it against matter. you. Trust me. I don't even think he would hold it against you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> it's like I kind of <laughs> wish I not anymore.
6: Yeah.
5: <laughs> so anyway, so right. Hey, if Rich kotate is interested, I'm not going to say no to that interview. Like I'm going to have. I'm gonna have that interview. It's going to be fun. Even if, even if we don't hire him, but. So Bill Cower's interested. Okay. What what are we doing here, Travis? Are we going to are we going to entertain this or are we going to shut this down or shut or, it what?
4: down, man. I feel this has come up multiple years like the whole Bill Cower thing. I feel every time there's an expectancy for a head coaching job in New York, Bill Cower's name comes up for the same reasons every year because he says something nice about the Jets or because his fiance, girlfriend, whatever is a Jets fan. It's Every year, it's the same thing, and I, I think I think it's just something to talk about. Right now, what do you have to talk? This week, you got a lot to talk about with the Jets, but outside of that, I think it's just people just grabbing for freaking like something right. to say in the I news. Saw
5: Doug Peterson, people were floating yeah. Doug Peterson earlier. This I will week. tell you,
4: I watched the Iowa State game on Saturday, and I'm starting to get real sold.
5: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What- is it just I don't know enough about the Iowa State football team? Is it just that they're super inventive, or what? Do, what do they run? I don't even. Yeah, out.
4: super inventive, and, and apparently I, I keep seeing tweets about the head coach from Iowa State turning. He turned down a couple interviews with the Jets in the past, I believe. Mm. And uh, I made a point to watch that game, and man, that was that was an exciting game. And granted, I hate they were playing West Virginia, so I hate the Mountaineers, right. but it was good. Uh, I'm getting Matt more Campbell. and more on yeah, board Matt Campbell.
5: This. <laughs> Yeah, you're t- I was trying to think of the name, Matt Campbell. He's- yes, yeah, he said he talked to the Jets at some point. I don't know if that was it prior was, to it the It was before this.
4: It, uh, I think it yeah, was on it the Bulls round. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he, and he turned down. He didn't talk to him. They asked, the, they asked to talk to him, and he turned it down. So I'm right. hoping that they do it again, and he actually coalesces this time. Yeah. That, that offense be, is pretty freaking crazy.
5: That would be interesting. I yeah I I the whole idea about Bill Cower okay like I get it he's an elder statesman he's respected he won super bowls with the Steelers like I am not taking anything away from him but the and this has always been my point with Bill Cower and I think I have a secondary point but the initial point is Bill Cower had a hell of a support system around him in Pittsburgh oh, uh, to to put that team together And so if Bill Cowher is coming to the Jets, okay, what's the support system? Because that's, that's number one, how it works. Like, and so who are his offensive and defensive coordinators? Because that matters to me. I'm less interested in Cowher as the head coach. I'm more interested in who are his coordinators because, and they had a great scouting organization, right? Kevin Colbert and the, the scouting organization in Pittsburgh is one of the best in the league top five over the last two decades they're they're super good so they do a great job of finding very talented very impactful players they draft based out of who's the best player but they also clearly draft out of uh, need need-based yeah. drafting when they need to like ryan shazier is a great example of that they needed that he was an immense upgrade to that defense and really was a huge part of, of the resurgence of that pittsburgh defense in that and, era and um, how many
4: head coaches that they had in their entire existence right
5: Exactly. You got like Chuck Knoll, you got a coward. Bill and and- yeah. Yeah. So the stability of that organization is paramount. And so to just assume that he's going to be airdropped into a situation with the Jets and it's just going to be the exact same. I think that's wishful thinking. So again, and then the whole idea of hello, he's been out of football calling plays and being at the facility for 10 years right that is a long time a lot has changed like the pistol was invented and and many things happened in football in the time the that he's been away. came and went like during right. the, the time yes. that he's been away exactly it's like you've had all these inventions and wrinkles and things happen and adjustments and so that's just my question is like he is he gonna do it we're gonna play a 3-4 defense what is he gonna c- bring to the organization that's going to be helpful and impactful to the NFL in 2020. And so I just, I don't know. Would he be a good coach? Yes. But would he get the results we're looking for? I don't know. I don't know. I don't so. so yeah, I'm right. I'm much more interested in someone like a Matt Campbell or a Bionomy. But yeah, I think just, I think the only thing I take away from it and just last thoughts for both of you is the fact that if Bill Cowher is interesting, interested in this job, Josh, it seems to signal to me that if he's interested, maybe there's more people that are interested that yeah, would want sure. to take this job based on what's going to be available to them.
6: Of course, in name, any coach is going to go, yeah, I'm interested in that job because it just, it'd be stupid. There's only not 32 of them.
5: There's only 32 of them. And you have the top pick, assuming things play as they are, you're going to get basically either Justin Fields or Lawrence or whoever the you know second quarterback is when the time comes. So you're going to get that. You're going to have all these picks. You've got to competent gm like there's a lot in your favor i'm also
6: yeah. just at a base level i am surprised to hear if cowers even interested in coming back to coach because it does feel like a decade and a half out of something and then to step back into the grind of 70 80 hour work weeks right and not a cushy cbs studio job and just sit back and throw five comments out there and make five million dollars seems crazy yeah. to me that he'd be even a little bit interested but I don't think that yeah I don't too. know
5: I talk to someone like Gruden or you talk to someone like who's in that scenario and they're like yeah if you're a grinder it's what you live for and so the opportunity to come back it probably has a lot of allure so I get it but right I think the reality of the thing will be different than what it is and again it just brings me back to the same point as well who is who are his and defense coordinators and don't tell me Todd Haley don't tell me like these retreads that he's already had but that's what it'll be. It'll be someone out of the out of his tree. So, yeah. Pass, pass. Gentlemen, we have a couple minutes left. What else do we need to talk about here? What What else is going on with the Jets that we need to be mindful of in the week ahead? You know me
4: and Bryce Hall. Like, he had a rough yeah. game. Uh, mm-hmm. I attribute that a lot. Maybe not to Greg Williams. and Maybe a little more towards the Ashton Davis injury that happened uh, in between. And actually... I attribute that last play call to an extent to that as well. You've got a secondary of mostly rookies, undrafted free agents. The only experienced person in that secondary on that last call was Marcus May, which makes it even more quixotic for me. And that, like he is, he's played more cover two, he's played more zone in the past few weeks to not expose Lamar and Bryce. But at the same time, in this game, he played some zone and he played a lot of man which Bryce gets handsy in Lamar gets lost in he really exposed the secondary a lot in this game and I don't know if it came from a a big confidence in what Fadokasi and what Williams has done on the line and and buying them some time for me it's been a a back and forth and that I feel like uh, Bryce Hall's ability to play a little bit of man. He's not great at man. Really afforded Quentin Williams and Fado Kassi and a lot of the defensive line a little bit more time to start getting more pressure. He's a rookie. He's raw, but he's still better than this year. It was a weird game for me. I, I, I've spent a lot more time this year focusing on the defensive secondary than my normal mm. offensive line focuses. And the nuances of what Greg Williams did to this point has been – interesting weird at points smart at points and (laughs) in this past game i didn't know what the fuck he was doing from like point one and i think a lot of it really hinged on what ashton davis has been able to do and when he went Mm. out we really didn't have that free safety that was able to roam and back everybody up it was a weird point sorry i got and- I, I stopped being a drunk asshole and started actually talking about <laughs> wow, actual you're football deep. points
5: you're, gonna you're, you're, you're talking about the fine line and greg williams between g- genius and insanity is i, is
4: yeah, I, I, I just love that it took me literally an hour into a
5: podcast to actually talk about football <laughs> <laughs> uh,
6: it is looking though like ashton davis is probably going to miss the rest of the season which means yeah. there's going to be if nothing else developmentally some time for bryce hall to maybe get some more reps and I am excited about that. I'm excited to see what that secondary looks like. I mean, we'll see what Marcus May continues to do back there as well. But you, you still gotta learn how to tackle. I was going to say, I still feel Man. like they need that really physical tackling corner probably in this draft coming up. Like you have a lot of speed. You gotta got to have a lot of the Ashton Davis has that Jim Lettered thing to him, but it does feel like they're going to probably look for a more physical corner to balance out what they're trying to do in the secondary.
5: I think that'll do it for us then here. It's been a good week. The tank rolls on. I think because we're tanking, we need to bring in the greatest tank commander of all time, Patton Oswalt, to, to help us keep this tank column rolling. So we will see, we got four more skirmishes ahead between us and Glory. Give oregano to the Flying Spaghetti Monster, whatever you need to do, let's keep this thing going. And the next time I see you all at the bar, wine spritzers are on me.
0: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lul.